0: Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions, by casuals, for casuals. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is the Attack on Titan special event. In honor of the epic conclusion to the show that defines this generation of anime, we're reviewing every single episode of the final season. This week, we're reviewing episode 77, Sneak Attack. As always, there'll be spoilers about anything that's happened in the Attack on Titan anime, so you've been warned. And this special episode is even more special because we have a guest. We are joined by Brian from TV Trivia Pod. Welcome, Brian.
2: oh jeez, guys! Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, and I know this has been a long time coming. Um, we've we've chatted, uh, you know, about Attack on Titan for a while now. So it's it's awesome to finally have you here. But tell everyone a little bit about yourself and about your podcast.
2: Sure. Uh, I host I host a podcast called TV Trivia Pod, where I just ask trivia questions based on TV shows and movies. Well, from TV shows and movies. Uh, so right now I've covered The Office, Rick and Morty, The Boys, a couple movies in there, a couple Christmas movies, and Harry Potter. And so it's just questions like, uh, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What does Jim say when he Uh, Steals Dwight's identity for that episode, things like that. So, uh, you know, I ask questions and have guests come on and answer. You guys crushed your office episode you guys came (laughs) on for. That was so much fun.
0: Yeah, that was a great time. And, and for those who aren't familiar, yes, Carl and I were guests on TV Trivia Pod where we talked about um, or went through Office Trivia. Um, and we we were almost perfect, I think. I think we messed up one question on yeah. the, maybe like the the extra questions that you had on your Patreon. And man, I was like, I was so, I was happy we got that far, but I was sad that we didn't get a perfect score. <laughs> well, man,
1: you, you dug really deep yeah, with the questions. Was, like, those were great questions. Yeah, that was a very detailed trivia
2: I, I appreciate it. You know, I for TV shows, I try and do, especially like The Office, five episodes at a time. I figure that's about a movie's length worth of TV episodes to watch. Uh, but yeah, that was back in episode 34. 34 uh, for The Office trivia from season four, episodes one through five with you guys. And I, I remember you guys crushing it. There 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 might have been just one, but still, you know, the fact that people get some of those hard questions that I come up with is is crazy I think.
0: Yeah and I uh, you're currently on Harry Potter and I admittedly have never seen Harry Potter except for the first movie when I was a kid uh, but Carl's a huge Harry Potter fan.
1: Yeah so I, I gave your recent episode a listen uh, where you invited Potterversity um, for the mm-hmm. Prisoner of Azkaban movie and like I was just so floored by how much they knew about the lore and i remember like growing up as a kid like i would read the books watch the movies and i was really invested in that world and i've kind of transitioned into the world of anime in that (laughs) regard but i think like listening to that trivia episode or that tv trivia episode it's it's kind of making me want to rewatch the movies although i know courtney again is not that big of a harry potter fan compared to i am uh, but yeah i'm not a harry just... potter fan at all
0: i'll be honest i'm not a harry potter fan at all so <laughs> i uh, would be I, absolutely terrible at that
2: <laughs> you've never uh read the books or anything no
0: i've seen the first movie that was it um it just wasn't something that captured my attention i think um, your sisters yeah were, my sisters love yeah they're it. more into they, it they quote it i have no idea what they're talking about half the time like this is an anime i don't know what this is <laughs> <laughs>
2: personally never read the books myself uh we would listen to the books on tape we would listen to them on cds on car trips and stuff and honestly this is what kind of got me into podcasting in the first place just these books on tape where i almost wanted a car trip to go longer because they were so cool to listen to uh and even the movies were such a treat to revisit it's been a lot of fun going back to harry potter and watching that again uh but in other news as well i actually have your guys's episode and questions pulled up here you guys answered questions from the office. This one blew my mind here. I, I'm i going to throw it at you just in case you remember here. Oh, boy. How much was the rabies <laughs> check for, and who was it made out for?
0: Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> amount? I actually don't remember.
2: Wasn't it like uh, $200? It was like
0: 200 something because they, science? they had I- um, they had to pay an amount to actually make the giant check. But, yes, it was made out to science, I believe.
2: Yeah, it was made right out of science. It was three hundred and forty dollars. Oh <laughs> darn! <laughs> which you guys got right. Which you guys oh, got right. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> we did it. The only question that it says you missed was Jim shows the current Dunder Mifflin website, which says it's coming soon. Yes. In what year?
0: Was it ninety two?
2: It was like I think two thousand two. Oh, see, I think, I, think
0: I, I think I said ninety two when we, when we, when we, uh had that was question
1: the even... is
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the internet
0: even around no, in 92 I don't know <laughs> I remember it
1: now because I remember that trivia question specifically you'll so never it's, forget that yes, moment now it's ingrained in my mind so thank you Brian, for <laughs> bringing that back to light oh, I felt that's like I re- what I'm here for yeah I just redeemed myself in that regard
0: <laughs> <laughs> well if you ever uh, venture into uh, Attack on Titan trivia please uh, keep us in mind for that because There's one we much. would love to come back to TV Trivia podcast <laughs> <laughs> but to talk about or answer questions about Attack on Titan, that would be a great challenge.
2: Wow, uh, there's it. It is such a detail dense show. Yeah, uh, yes, it's. I, I I would love that. Uh, it's it's one of the best animes out there.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: And I'm sure you're you're probably busy right now with um, compiling all the other like trivia from the TV shows and movies and pop culture. But at, uh, I guess besides watching you know, the titan of all anime that's about to descend <laughs> upon its final season, um, are there any other particular anime shows that you're watching right now?
2: Sure, yeah. I guess right now I'm also watching Demon Slayer. Yes. Ooh, very nice. has been a lot of fun. Um, gotta say, wasn't crazy about the first season, but I've been really liking this second season have you guys seen the latest episode
0: yes um the one from yesterday as of today's yeah, recording I think it premiered
2: the same day as yeah yeah because
0: it comes out titan. the same day as attack on titan yeah <laughs> so it's just like the most the two most epic shows right now showing up on the same day of the week um yeah we watched it and it was uh it was my intense. favorite episode yet yeah yeah that that uh, i won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it but that fight scene was uh
2: very very good mm-hmm. mm. unexpected too yep Yep, and I'm also watching Castlevania right now.
0: Ooh, how is that? That's a Netflix anime?
2: Mm-hmm. That is a Netflix one. Um, that's, it's good. Um, I uh, For Courtney, I mean, it doesn't have too many, I think, uh, cliffhangers, you know. <laughs> uh, it, this has not been like other animes where I'm like, I have to finish this tomorrow, you know. I think I finished you know, Death Note in less than a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Attack on Titan, I think I started when season two came out. Um, but again, I went through that first season real fast. This this does not have that same effect on me. I'm enjoying it, but not as much as I'm enjoying uh, other animes.
0: Okay, so would it be an anime that like you would recommend, but not
2: something that would be the top of your list then? Oh man, it's, it's good. Again, I haven't seen... A ton of animes Um, I I would recommend a lot of others before this Mm -hmm. Um, but but I'm enjoying it if you need something to watch it's good
0: okay that's good to know because I've I've heard talks about Castlevania because it's from what I understand one of the better Netflix anime which is uh, not saying much because they tend to put out like mediocre to kind of not that great anime Uh, but I've had my eye on it so uh, this may be the push I need to give it a shot
1: I think we always need that one casual anime to watch through. Yeah, one that you just like, the, put on. Besides all the
0: hype or... stuff right
1: now.
2: Yeah, one
0: that you put on like when you have a little bit of time or when you're in between anime.
2: Listen, that's what I watch anime for. I love that anime is a show that usually, at least the ones I pick, are enthralling and so creative. And uh, just some of the coolest things you've ever seen on screen. But also that it's only 20 minutes. Yes. yeah, And that's doable. It's doable during the day. And I love that, that I don't have to sit down for an hour and watch something here. Um, but I, I really like that type of anime, I guess, that just sucks you in the whole time. Um, where was I going with that?
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you're describing Attack on Titan to yes. a T because, man, talk about sucking you in and never letting go. These last, these first two episodes of part two of the final season of Attack on Titan have been absolutely insane so um, good. right from the get-go. And I, I really want to jump into it because I feel like we've got some really good things that we were chatting a bit about before we started recording. Um, I know I've got really good notes, so I'm I'm excited to talk Attack on Titan.
2: Well, then, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt one more time. I remember where I was taking that last statement. <laughs> uh, that casual anime. Uh, I recently finished Star Wars Visions. Ooh. Nice. Which I um, man, Carl, I, I, I listened, I, I heard you gave it an eight and a half out of 10. Uh, I, I gotta say I was underwhelmed by this one. Okay. Interesting. I was, I saw the trailer and I was really looking forward to the, the anime factor, the creativity through the roof. You know, I saw that one tri- clip trailer of the lightsaber that kind of like spun around in a circle.
1: Yes, like the umbrella
2: one, right? The umbrella one <laughs> from the first episode. And I was like, these are going to have some of the coolest lightsaber designs I've ever seen. You know, no one does it like anime does in terms of creativity and out of this worldness. And I was really looking forward to a lot of that unique stuff that anime brings. And I don't feel like I got a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. I think, I know, like, a lot
1: of those up. Ep- I think there was a total of nine. Um, a yeah. lot of them were great, and most uh, some of them were like hit or miss. Um, and yeah, I think I, I kind of wanted a little bit more of those those epic action sequences. At, like the very first episode I remember with that, like that Jedi Ronin figure. Like seeing more stuff like in that regard, I think would have made that whole thing more exciting. Hopefully Mm -hmm. they'll come up with like a a kind of season two, invite other anime studios to put their creative spin on Star Wars. Uh, But we'll see. But thankfully we have Attack on Titan, which we know will always carry the hype
2: behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Sorry to derail there. Let's talk Attack on Titan.
1: All right. So we'll go ahead and just jump right into our synopsis for Attack on Titan, the final season. Episode 77, Sneak Attack. Deathwish Reiner's MMA fight with Eren Jaegermeister is interrupted when Zeke's Christ appears in all his furry glory as the Beast Titan atop Wall Maria, turning the tides in the Eldians' favor as he strikes out a bulk of Marley's forces. Down in the dungeons, the imprisoned scouts resolve to aid the Jaegermeister despite his jerky attitude, and they convince his Jaeger groupies to release the victims of Zeke's winel fluid so they can provide aid in their own way under Commander Pikushisu's orders. Armin brings the four remaining members of Levi's squad to the surface to relay their plans to Yelena, who seems a little too ecstatic or erratic at the news, but commends their change of heart. Elsewhere, Falco Punch is reunited with Gung-Ho Gabby <laughs> and his brother Colt, thanks to the sympathetic military police commander Niall Dock, and the trio attempts to make their way back behind Marlian lines. Gabby takes a moment to have a therapy session, wherein she finally admits that she's been acting a fool this whole time with the conflict against parodies. Let's go! And Falco, (laughs) in turn, takes a moment to confess his love for the woeful warrior candidate, since the chance that he may turn titan will rob him of the chance to settle down with her in the future. Though honestly, as the old saying goes, there are plenty other fish in the sea and Eldians on the Isle to catch. Realizing Falco's folly of underage drinking, Colt decides to beeline the two to Zika's Christ, In the hopes that he will not unleash his Pokemon roar knowing Falco Punch has been affected by his Vinyl Fluid. Speaking of the beastly brother, Zeke continues clearing a path for Eren Jaegermeister while Levi's squad tries catching up to him until Peek, the Putrid, and Commander Maggot ruin the moment with the titular sneak attack and knock the Beast Titan off his socks. And what is Eren's big brain response now that the stakes have been raised to reunite with his fallen family as ASAP as possible? walk faster terrific (laughs) strategy jaeger bro
0: Uh, okay i'm gonna jump in really quick here because in our last episode I had this theory that while Aaron was getting impaled by Reiner in the, in the shoulder that he was fine because he was just going to burrow underground using the Warhammer Titan power to escape. Clearly, I was wrong. That did not happen here. Um, but I have this question that I, it's to me a, a big head scratcher. Um, if his Attack Titan body is so messed up where he's got very limited motor skills. He's kind of limping his way over to Zeke. Why doesn't he ditch that body and spawn a new body? Cause he he did that in the first part of the final season, but he's not like four doing times. it here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were also impressed by it and now he's not doing it at a very critical moment. So I don't know. That one was kind of suspicious to me. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I felt the same. Uh, I'm wondering why he's not ditching this body and getting a new one. I'm wondering if it has something to do with the general said about the, uh warhammer titans power wearing him out too much then he's i mean he hasn't used this at all yet right he hasn't had any practice time with the warhammer i'm wondering if that's a factor yeah that's a a very good
0: good point point. i didn't think about that yeah because he specifically said last episode that it's powerful but takes a lot of energy to use so okay
1: yeah aaron's been using those spikes to impale reiner and galliard yeah, uh, a lot. So I'm sure that yeah, that takes up a lot of energy.
2: So I think that's the the logical reason.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, my my question has been answered.
2: <laughs> uh, if I could throw one other thing out there, I don't think Aaron can uh, do that rock thing and burrow down at this point either. Um, Why is that? It was something. It was something y- Yelena said last episode before when Aaron glared at her mm-hmm. um, before going off to battle. She she mentioned something like. You should take the Warhammer form. Oh, uh, with him going in that crystal and then going underground. Yeah, because so. the
0: Warhammer uh, develops feet up, right? When it when it uh, gets spawned,
2: mm-hmm. okay. either that or maybe she thought it would fight better and like be a bigger adversary. But I, I am now under the impression that Aaron can choose which form to take while inheriting the powers of all. Oh. Yeah,
0: I could see that. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I want to see him just, like, switch between Warhammer and Attack Titan, like like he's switching between Pokemon or something. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really cool to see. I don't know if he can do it, but maybe at some point we'll see something like that.
2: Like while in Titan form, or maybe he ditches one body and grows another?
0: Yeah, something like interesting. that. Interesting. That would be, uh, I don't know, that'd be kind of wild. I-, I could see Eren doing that, given how skilled he's become.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, with- I mean, I... I- I have a lot of questions with the Warhammer just in general. Like, does does that Titan have to stay stationary then because of the grounding factor? Like, um, can you use your body as a as a weapon to throw around if you're encased in that hardening? Um, Ooh, I'm not. That's I'm not quite sure how that works.
0: Yeah, because I know that. There's gone. a
1: like sort of thread that's attached to the actual warm ha- hammer titan that you see in the first half of the season.
0: Yeah, right? which I, I would assume means there's limited range, like how mm-hmm. far you can go from your crystallized body underground. But you bring up a good right. point, Brian, that you could just using your titan form pick up, like kind of pluck yourself out of the ground and just whack people with it, <laughs> like one of sure. those those medieval um, uh, weapons, like, like
1: like what David used against the Goliath. Goliath. Yeah, like, like the sling.
0: It's got like the the ball in it with the spikes, and you it's, oh like a mace. Yes, right. I think something yeah. like that. You could just use it like that and just you know spin it around and hit people in the face with your own sure, crystallized I mean, only
2: body. The, only the jaw titan can beat it, right?
0: Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, so uh, so I I don't know. That's uh, that is a good point. There's all these theories. That we, I hope there's uh they've. You know, play some of these out in the show, but unfortunately, there's only a couple episodes left, so I don't know. Ten if, episodes, I think. Yeah, I Listen, don't know if we'll be able to see these. one of my these. top
2: concerns right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, in the beginning of this episode, we get a quick recap of the Scouts' argument um, after uh, Onion Coupon shows up and uh, frees them. And then we get the continuation of that discussion, and I just have to say, two things struck me the most um, in this like extended version of the conversation. One, I love that John still has his rivalry with Aaron even after all of these years, <laughs> and two, I was like, poor Sasha's family—they're just standing there listening to these kids argue about something they probably have no understanding of, and they're like, "Uh, can we go home now?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, they're they're these poor people." <laughs>
2: I can't believe they had wines there. You know, there's this tense moment here and someone wrote that these guys should present themselves now. (laughs) And, And as <laughs> can leave, yeah. I, was, I, I guess, guess that's realistic. Yeah, Sasha's father was the one who was like, can
1: we go on? Yeah. And then Niccolo like, hang on a minute.
0: Yeah, and props <laughs> to Niccolo for continuing to take care of them. I mean, you can tell how much he loved Sasha when he's willing to help this family that he never met prior and is technically you know, the the enemy, as he was taught. Um, Niccolo is amazing, and I, I hope that he stays safe in this battle, but we may have to wait in the next couple episodes to find out.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think he's
1: he's um kind of like he's that shining example for Gabby about someone like who was from the Marlian side but is starting to understand um his quote unquote enemy and just realizing that they're all just regular people and obviously we we see Gabby exemplify that later on in this episode. Um, but yeah, Niccolo turned out to be one of my favorite character, like favorite Marlians, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm also surprised that Pixies is still alive. For some reason, I figured that guy would have died a long time ago, but he is still living, and he's like unscathed, other than having had you know the the Zeke wine. Um, I don't know. I just everyone else gets really messed up in the show, but Pixies just avoids
2: all major trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have to say too, with that argument and stuff, I did really like what Armin brought to the table um, as far as points to be made. Uh, you know why? Why hasn't Aaron fought back? Because he doesn't need to. Um, opposing them, I guess, wouldn't have gotten him anything. Whereas going with them earns their trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I liked that explanation a lot. Uh, there was one part in there where Armin says, "You know, if he would have opposed them, who knows what Yelena would have done." To which, you know, Aaron's the Titan here. What could she have done? You yeah. Can't I... Kill Aaron because <laughs> yeah. both forms. Uh leave.
0: 100% and you bring up a good point like it makes me wonder everyone is so scared of Yelena but really what power does she have because even even Onyankopon was like we couldn't you know we, we couldn't uh, oppose her otherwise we would have been killed like she must be a very influential leader because she doesn't have any physical strength she doesn't have anything other than her ability to manipulate people so mm-hmm. that's it, it's just surprising to me that she's gotten as far as she has when she has very little to offer except for you know whatever influence she has um with uh, zeke and and aaron
1: yeah brighton you make a good point like it's it's aaron and zeke that are the be all end all and we even saw in the last episode where she tries like you said she tries to tell aaron to go underground and aaron just completely ignores her and goes forward (laughs) with defeating reiner so i think we start to see a challenge to the power that she presumes to hold um and then (laughs) I, I figure we can probably bring this up now, That that face that she makes oh the my middle gosh. of the episode.
0: <laughs> I actually get uncomfortable because I've been seeing screenshots of it on like Twitter and stuff. Every time it pops up, I actually get physically uncomfortable. Can you imagine someone looking at you like that as they're towering over you? Because she's tall.
2: <laughs> yeah. What was up? I mean, even the other cadets had a visceral, physical reaction to seeing that face, they all took a step <laughs> back. Like, what was that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think it signals just how like psychotic Yelena probably is. She went from that face to smiling and happy that they're gonna go help um, help Aaron out. So there's, there's something deeper with this character.
1: Yeah, I think I posted on my Twitter, I usually like to do these Attack on Titan spoilers without context by using images from SpongeBob. I don't know why, <laughs> it, I just find it so funny. <laughs> Like her face here, the demented Yelena face, it reminded me of Squidward's unsure face. Brian, I don't know if you've watched SpongeBob, but it's the episode where I think he tries out a Krabby Patty Oh and he he says he's disgusted and he tells SpongeBob, does this look unsure to you? And it's kind of like the same demented look. It is.
0: It really is. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: And uh, I noted that, well, this is one thing that I've noticed throughout Attack on Titan is... Like compared to other anime, or I guess contrasting with other anime, you never see characters have these overly exaggerated expressions or even like cartoony expressions on their faces. So seeing Yelena with this almost like a Jojo's Bizarre Adventure detailed face came out of nowhere. But I think it, as Courtney mentioned, it makes sense because it, it shows just how overly obsessive Yelena has become to the point where if if someone else shows loyalty to Zeke and Aaron, she feels like, She's no longer their top dog or like she feels like someone's challenging her position.
0: Or does she is that signaling that she doesn't truly trust the scouts? Like she's showing Mm -hmm. that face like, are you sure? Are you being for real? But then she's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's nothing she can do. There's only things that they can do as scouts. So she plays along with that. That's the vibe that I got anyway, that she's suspicious of them. um, But she's going to let them, you know, help Aaron out anyway, because it does ultimately help her plan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other reason. I I can't think of any reason why anybody would make that face, (laughs) uh, particularly in that moment. You know, Aaron says we have no choice but to help. She looks really angry, but again, I guess yeah, it's what it's what you said. It's either she doesn't trust them or knows that these are the only people that can change Aaron's mind. uh, That can talk to him. That can, you know, make him see sense or something. Uh, So maybe she's threatened that way, but uh either way really weird yeah. yeah
0: yeah and um wanted to ask you this question since we're on the topic of like the scouts's conversation at the beginning of the episode Brian what do you personally think is going on with Aaron do you think Aaron truly is siding with Zeke and Yelena or do you feel like cuz i know this is, this is carl's theory and, and mine uh, mine as well that there's probably a bigger or alternate plan at play that Aaron's going through and he's just using Zeke and and Yelena in these instances so do you think he's team Zeke and Yelena or team his own team Aaron Yeager
2: (laughs) I I have to hope that it's something else that he wouldn't team up with them you know the whole show all the way up to season three here it's uh he has to get rid of all the titans you know uh the end of season three. Ended with that flashback we saw in this episode. You know, if we get rid of all our enemies over there, will we finally be free? And I have to think that still is mindset. And conveniently, at this point, all, I guess, his most powerful enemies are there, along with, I think, every single Titan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because
0: even technically Annie is there, too. She's just (laughs) underground somewhere in a holding
1: cell. I didn't even think about that, yeah.
0: That that's a crazy thought. Like I, I'm now thinking really quickly through like the other seasons of Attack on Titan, and this this is the first yeah the first time or the only time I can think of that all of them have been brought together.
1: Right, because the Warhammer was always in Marley.
0: Yes, yeah. Oh my gosh, wow, that's a mind blower right there.
2: Yeah, so maybe this has something to do with his overall plan with the Titans. Um, I I have to believe that Aaron is just, is still our homeboy. Yes, and has. <laughs> has an idea, has something in mind. Why would, oh, to treat Mikasa and Armin that way hurt? That hurt to watch, and there has to be a reason behind it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, and that's a great segue into one of the parts that I really want to talk about um, as we're transitioning from the scouts' conversation to when they actually head out to the battlefield Uh, We see Mikasa go off to fight without her scarf. And I think I mentioned this in our like one of our part one final season uh, reviews that I'm really glad Mikasa has Armin right now. Um, You can tell she is she's been cut deep by what Aaron said, uh, but she's also conflicted because she knows that that's not really how he is. That's not usually his true nature. Um, So it's nice to see that Armin is there to always comfort her and reassure her. Because I think in the moment where they're running up like an infinite amount of stairs. And first of (laughs) all, I don't even know how a human can run up that many stairs. I've tried and it's very, very difficult. Well, they're scouts. <laughs> That's their condition. Every single
2: scout is cut. Yeah,
0: <laughs> those thighs, man, those thighs. <laughs> uh, but in that moment, Armin even says that they'll ask Aaron themselves when all of this is over, just giving her that ray of hope, and you know, trying to say like, "We've known about your headaches for a long time." He's just using that um, to his advantage right now. Blah blah blah. So, props to Armin for being a, a really great friend.
2: And it sounds like Armin has an idea of what. Aaron's planning too. I mean, that's the exact moment where we see that flashback. Mm-hmm. Armin looks like he's gonna say something, but then doesn't like Yeah.
1: I think yeah. Armin has an idea. I'm so curious as to what came to Armin's mind in that moment. Um and maybe it's the key phrase is Aaron saying if they'll be truly free. And yeah. Brian, you mentioned how Aaron his his end goal throughout the series was always to, to kill out or kill all the titans and i'm wondering if there is some double meaning behind that um that like there's an exploit there that Aaron can can use that won't subjugate the eldians to just dying off so yeah
0: no, and, and I think, um, I'm, I'm super curious about what Armin, what kind of clicked in his head as they were chatting through that. Because Armin, as we know, is the 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 smartest of the main trio. There's a reason that Levi chose him over Erwin. There's a reason that he's basically Erwin's successor when he reaches, you know, I don't know, a certain age or whatever point he needs to get to. Um, so I, I love continually seeing Armin's intelligence at play here but yeah they're they're saving something big for us there's a big realization that he's made that if if he's not sharing with us as the viewer right now there's a reason and I'm excited to see what that is there'll
1: probably be like a redemption conversation between the three of them at some I'm hoping at some point because I know their initial conversation at the in the first half of the season was so heart-wrenching like just seeing the trio all broken up Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah And, and speaking of i don't know like seeing how some of these groups are now versus uh, earlier in the show I thought it was super eerie watching the four remaining scouts walk up the stairs to Yelena. Like, that's all we have left is Armin, Mikasa, Jean, and Connie. And that's that's crazy, especially after um, we talked about in our last episode watching the OVAs and seeing the scouts as cadets and seeing how many characters there were. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so crazy that this is all that's left of the scouts, or the original scouts anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was preparing for the bonus episode here about answering who my favorite character is and I had to look up a list of characters here and I was like, oh, (laughs) not too not too many left here. <laughs> yeah. You like run
0: down the character just, like deceased, deceased, deceased. Like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of like The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Very much like that. <laughs> uh, but I loved, I think my favorite moment of this entire episode was the sequence between uh, the scouts walking up the stairs to when that airship flies over Armin's head. So like, if we break down that sequence, it's something out of a Hollywood movie. We see those scouts slow-mo walk up the stairs. They get outside and see Elena celebrating the air ships being on fire overhead and then we get that panning shot of the airship crashing as it's going over armin's head and it's kind of like that rotating shot it was a great way to showcase the insane situation that the scouts are walking into when they've been underground and have no clue what's going on they're like they must they must be like how do we figure any of this out how do we how do we do anything in this crazy situation
1: i think they were expecting the rumbling right I, i believe that's what was mentioned in the cliffhanger from part one, um, Armin thought that the rumbling had begun, but it's it's still. I guess it's still technically all-out war. But yeah, like, what
2: do you do in that situation? Yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm wondering why Armin hasn't changed yet. Oh, oh good why. point. <laughs> well, did if he did, he'd he's probably kill colossal. everybody around. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he needs to like get get some distance from everyone first. But no, that's a good point. He hasn't even talked about changing into his titan form.
2: Yeah, I mean. I, that the beginning of season 4 part 1 when he does when we see him change for the first and only time so far i believe in the port um it it looks like he was regretting what he was about to do i i feel like he hates the colossal titan mhm yeah but still uh i mean last episode i don't know if eldia has anybody left uh their their side got decimated it looked like and Uh, this, you, I, I, can you kill the Colossal Titan? I mean, there was that Armin figured it out once. Mm -hmm. And as long as he doesn't do that, what can the other ones do?
0: Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Um, you know, it can like Zeke's really powerful with his baseball throw, and the Jaw Titan can bite down on anything. But the Colossal Titan is so incredibly big and so incredibly hot; like it gives off mm-hmm. all that steam that no one can even get close to it. Um, as we saw with Armin, he got fried to a crisp when he tried to. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's a good point. Like, why doesn't? Well, I'm sure he has to make his way out there, but he could feasibly turn into the Colossal and just like one punch zeke and probably destroy him knowing that zeke can't do anything to touch him
1: plus i think the entire district has been evacuated of its citizens so yeah Armin could just use his odm gear get to one part of the district transform and like you said he could be like the one punch man here to (laughs) to to end the, the titan threat
0: yeah Yeah, and um, speaking of Titans, I I did want to ask this question. So what I've noticed in this part two of the final season is that when we're getting close-ups of the Titans, like the Beast Titan in this episode, they're actually done in 2D animation versus like the CG that people are not the craziest about, which may be MAPPA trying their best to give us the least amount of CG for the second half while still probably realistically meeting deadlines and whatnot. Uh, but Brian, what is your take on the CG that we're getting in Attack on Titan? Because it's it's a very um, divided, uh, it, the fan base is pretty divided on whether or not they like it. So I'm curious to know, like, do you like it or does it bother you?
2: Yeah, I'll swing the vote here. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> good <Man>. answer. <laughs> yeah. Thought that was a good idea. Is it is it cheaper to do it that way?
0: I think so, and I think it also allows the the staff um, that are working on the show to – have a little more time to work on some of the major shots because you hear about this all the time in the anime industry that um, especially l- last couple of years that animation studios uh, at least from the business side push their animators and their teams to unrealistic deadlines where some some of them even like tweet out cries for help <laughs> it's really really mm-hmm. bad Yikes. Um. so either the animation suffers tremendously or the staff suffers tremendously so you see more and more in anime, more of the CG, probably to balance things out. Um, but I, 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 also still hate it. I, I think it is very distracting.
1: I'm pretty sure in anime they work up to like the week of, or like a week prior to the release. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure in that sense. Yeah.
2: It it draws your eyes and takes away from. It just looks so out of place. It really does. I, I would say the CG is
0: better this half like mm-hmm. slightly better um, and again I appreciate that they're adding more of the 2D shots when there's limited motion or when we're getting close ups but I don't know like I in the in the previous episode when you're when you see some of the I don't know if they were scouts or Jaegerists um, flying around on their ODM gear I was like oh gosh it's so terrible they're only there for a split <laughs> second but my eye sees that
2: <laughs> yep no I'm with you guys I support you
0: excellent well glad to know we have someone else on our team here <laughs>
2: Really quickly,
1: I want to—I know, like, we we give Mappa a little bit of flack for the CGI, but in in certain cases in this episode, I do want to commend them for, I guess, really emphasizing the brutality in the action sequences here. Um, CGI aside, like, really feeling Aaron's wrath as he's trying to rip Reiner's head off um, after, I think, he pushes Reiner back—or no, he uses the the spikes— to prevent Reiner from impaling him any further, and then just feel—I feel like you could, you could feel the weight of Zeke throwing each rock with his Beast Titan form as they pelt Reiner's armored Titan or Galliard's Jaw Titan, and even like the Marlian forces. So, I do appreciate like the, the the sound effects there, and just the way that the the sequences like were captured. Uh, and I have to—I think I called this out. Hearing Aaron's um, hearing Aaron's bone-chilling Titan roar every time yeah. it just sends it sends chills down my
2: spine. I was gonna say the same thing. Uh, watching that episode for the first time, I think even the second time, getting ready for this podcast again, I can feel my heart beating in my chest. You know, uh, mm-hmm. those roars, the the gravity of the stuff going on is is huge. It's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I I definitely have to echo all of that because I felt the same way. This battle um, just feels so different than other battles in the show. Like, we we usually see those grand face-offs between Scouts and Titans um, where there's, like, fluidity because they're flying around in their ODM gear. But here it's just, like, a gritty, raw, and graphic fight where, like— I don't know like you just like you said you feel the weight of everything that's happening and the pure struggle that both Reiner and Aaron are going through which is kind of uncommon for Aaron I mean usually he has his head on his shoulders and he's pretty confident but here he's he's grasping at straws to just get Reiner to leave him alone Mm -hmm.
1: yeah (laughs) I want to actually now that you bring it up I know with like the first three seasons seeing these action sequences it always felt like you were Watching like a, a dance performance, right? Like you seeing the scouts fly through the air as they attack Titans and such. But the, I think there's definitely a change in tone here, where we don't see this this combat as something really flashy or like like a a perfect choreography, but just realizing the grittiness and the brutality of this war, like seeing it in its full in its full form. Um, just highlighting like how bloody this conflict has become for the Eldians and seeing these sequences it it makes you like kind of writhe a little bit rather than being breathtaking.
0: Yeah, I and I kind of like that. There's something at least in this part of the story, like we're 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 basically leading up to the climax of this entire Attack on Titan story. I appreciate that they don't add any magic or try to sugarcoat mm-hmm. like the the atrocities of war. Like you you feel it as the viewer, um, just the the intensity behind every decision, behind every every punch, everything. And to add to that, it's. It, you're, you feel conflicted because the lines continually get more and more blurred. Like, I feel like there's Marlians fighting Jaegerus, Marleans fighting other Marleans like Zeke versus Peak and Magath, Jaegerus um, fighting Scouts, Scouts fighting Marlians alongside the Jaegerus. It's like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, there, there's there's a lot going on, but I think that's just uh, pretty par for the course uh, for Attack on Titan right now.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, who who are you rooting for between uh Reiner and, and Aaron at this point?
2: Uh I mean I I have to root for Aaron, right? I mean <laughs> yeah. uh, he there has to be something that he is planning. There's there is a reason for the madness and the way he treated Mikasa and Armin. There <laughs> that can't be it. Uh and I have to know why. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like a part of me feels sympathetic to Reiner, which is very surprising to say because when he um, you know, told Aaron straight up that he was the armored titan back in season what I always forget, season 2? I want to sure. say 2, yeah, yeah two. season 2. Um, of course you immediately hate the guy, but as you're learning more and more about him, you kind of feel sympathetic for him and you kind of almost wish like he would win kind of separately from Aaron just cuz the guy the guy has fallen on some really hard times. Uh, But that, to me, just signals how fantastic the writing is in this show and and how well character development is done um, because they're able to get me to to come back to loving Reiner. I think the only character they can't get me to love is Gabby, which I think is a good segue (laughs) into – the breath of fresh air, the sigh of relief that we get with Gabby finally realizing how terrible and wrong she has been. Like, let's give give ourselves a round of applause here, anti-Gabby fam.
2: <laughs> <About> <laughs> I mean, Brian, time. are
0: are you are you on the anti-Gabby side or the pro-Gabby side?
2: Oh man. Uh of course I was annoyed with Gabby, you know. Uh I think we all saw the parallels when her character is introduced. Here's a character who has just unabashed hatred for the other side which is has been Aaron, uh all of attack on Titan here. Um but you know, she got she gets like almost adopted by Sasha's family who treats her so well and then there's the bombshell that oh like Gabby killed Sasha and they still Don't want anything bad to happen to her. And she just can't seem to shake it. And, oh, that was frustrating. That (laughs) was frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) But it was about time. It's nice to finally see her come to this realization.
0: Yeah. I mean, we get her admitting that the people of Paradise aren't devils. That they were just regular people that... Uh, You know, and that she, like everyone else in Marley, was just jumping to conclusions without ever meeting them. We get her realizing how kind Sasha's family has been to her, as you mentioned, and that she took away their daughter. um, And she realizes how Falco has protected her over and over again and that she's done nothing but put him at risk multiple (laughs) times. Like, I, I do feel, a small part of me feels sympathetic for her because... Um, that that is a lot to deal with mentally, on top of the fact that you're in the middle of an all out war. Mm-hmm. However, th- this is literally the consequence of her actions. Like this is karma in the purest sense. So I kind of am like, nah, maybe I'm not as sympathetic. <laughs>
2: uh, well, speaking of this parallel to Aaron, too has has Aaron come to that realization yet? Ooh, good question. That the whole world is not his enemy.
0: Um, I don't know. I, I maybe feel like
2: Gabby's
1: the key to that actually. <laughs> maybe with they'll them. have a conversation yeah, at well, some point. Yeah, as Brian mentioned, there are a lot of parallels in in their how their upbringing and with Gabby coming to this realization, I'm sure she might have some influence because I know right now they're trying to reach Zeke to stop him from from interacting with Aaron and activating the founding Titans powers so.
0: I feel like maybe Aaron has realized that, and I would hope so if he's like, if the whole world's fate is in his hands, Um, because his goal has slightly shifted maybe from just killing all our enemies to euthanizing the Eldians so that no more conflict is taking place. So it feels like he's had a little less, uh, like his, his end goals are a little less violent and um, kind of one note than they were originally. But really, I'm not sure. I'm curious to to see what happens when Armin finally confronts him. Because Armin will be able to get those answers out of him, I'm sure.
2: Because more important, I, like, another huge question this season has brought on is, I believe, part one, episode four, maybe, when Aaron becomes the Attack Titan at the presentation.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, and then he attacks all of the leaders of the world at that moment at that moment he put a target on paradise's back for people that probably weren't even that worried to begin with
0: yeah that's a good point what
2: was the, what was the idea there now the like if it wasn't then now the whole world is their enemy
0: i wonder if um uh, just talking out loud trying to grapple with you know his decision in that moment i wonder if it's for him to make himself the enemy versus parodies but i don't know because people still were pointing fingers at parodies even after he did that
1: well i think willy he, um in that declaration in his declaration of war he only singled out aaron Yeager, as the target so there could be what you're saying um, putting the target more so on Aaron's back and, and taking the pressure off of Parodies itself.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like if that were to uh come to fruition though, then maybe Aaron does this thing where he attacks, acts defeated, and maybe lets himself get taken or uh eaten by the next Titan, but instead all of Paradise comes to back him up.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm curious to see how that pans out because, I mean, everyone hates has hated Parodies for so long and I'm sure that hate only got amplified with with Aaron's actions, despite what Willie Tiber was saying. I think, in this case, actions probably speak louder than words. Like, he murdered everybody <laughs> in the audience um, versus Willie Tiber just saying, it's okay, guys,
2: only Aaron's the enemy. They're probably like,
0: we hate all of you. <laughs> we need to go after all of you.
2: <laughs> yeah, and again, I'm sorry I'm getting off track here we could question every single aspect of attack on titan but i'll try and keep it to just this episode
0: oh no i love this this is great because it all kind of comes into play the way this show is written it's like every tiny detail is integral for Mm -hmm. the entire story so no we love it please please, uh anytime something like that comes up please please mention it okay well kind of uh going back to this sorry
2: can i mention one other thing then Uh, yeah Yeah, yeah, go go for it um the ackerman thing with the headaches and uh, what, being kind of having a protective, uh, what, bond with the Jaegers? Is that is that what the Ackerman thing is? I think with
1: the the royal family, although I think with Mikasa, it kind of triggered with Eren when he implored her to fight, like, all the way back in season one. Because it was,
0: like, such a traumatic experience for her or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that... I'm looking at Carl because he he's the one that re- recently rewatched uh, the first part of uh, of the final season. So my my memory a little bit fuzzy, but yeah, that sounds right.
2: <laughs> sure, and I'm wondering if anything like that happened with Levi then, because Levi's an Ackerman. Oh, no, that's true.
0: But is Levi an Ackerman by blood? Because he was found by Kenny. Like, Kenny was a blood Ackerman. Um, and so my understanding is that Levi was essentially adopted by Kenny, or taken under his wing. But we don't know anything about Levi's like heritage, like his blood relation, essentially. So he could very well be an Ackerman, because he's got the skills, for one. Um, or he could just be a really talented person that Kenny adopted and, and taught how to be a good fighter. I hope I'm not getting that lore wrong, but I'm pretty sure when Kenny was introduced um, in season three, that's what we found out about Levi is that he was adopted.
1: Also, when the Hizuru Nation came over to parodies in the flashbacks in the first part, they only approached Mikasa for some reason. Like, Levi was present with them, and I'm sure they knew of his Ackerman last name. Unless- well, the
0: that's the Ackerman last name is her dad's last name, right? Because the mom is, um, presumably the, the, the Japanese one. So they wouldn't, I don't think they'd acknowledge the Ackerman side to begin with. Right.
1: Um, yeah,
2: I guess. Ooh, man, there's so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. It's like one of those moments I want to go and Google these, these questions, but I know I'm going to get spoiled the second I do.
2: <laughs> right. Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, good to know. Good to know. Maybe, uh. Maybe uh, the Levi thing is is a little messed up then with his heritage.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping we'll get more background on Levi because he's such an interesting character, and we know
2: so little about him. Um, Wait, wait. Kenny, that was, his mom was Kenny's sister, wasn't she?
0: Oh, Oh. now my my wheels are turning. (laughs) I'm like, uh, do I remember this?
2: Um, Kenny would visit his sick mom and bring her stuff i guess and then i when did levi get there surely he would have known about levi i feel like he just suddenly noticed levi looking you know starved in the corner there but i know that woman that kenny would visit was his mom
0: oh okay i'm i'm definitely gonna have to go back and and rewatch oh, that man. art Oh my gosh! I completely forgot about that. Well, yeah. if if anyone is listening and can like email us the the lore without spoiling, please do so. But yeah, I oh my gosh, that, that, I totally forgot about that point. I, I forgot that Kenny would visit her.
2: And then, and then, if you could also email us about every time Mikasa had that green headache flash. Yeah, because yeah. they army
0: was like, We've known about your headaches for a long time, and I'm like, I don't remember her having headaches on, like, in the show, but maybe she did, and I just overlooked it.
1: Maybe because I know Mappa is trying to be a little more faithful to the manga adaptation, because I'm sure I'm pretty sure um, when they mentioned Mikasa's birthmark, like the Hizuru birthmark, that actually wasn't a thing in Witch Studios oh, that's adaptation, right. so they might have just included that in um, just to get the story back up to fluff
0: which would be kind of i mean as anime only people that's inc- incredibly confusing for us but it's like minor enough where we can just accept the fact that they're telling us now mm-hmm. that these things are are a part of the attack on titan lore but man these are good questions okay i i cannot
2: wait to do a rewatch of the show because i forgot yeah. so
0: many details
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep same same <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, Courtney, I interrupted you.
0: No, you're totally fine. I just wanted to bring it back to the Gabby Falco scene because I know we we talked a bit about Gabby and, and her realization of everything that she's been doing. I, I do want to acknowledge Falco in this moment because I called him the best boy of Attack on Titan in our last uh, review series for the final season, and I'm going to continue to call him the best boy because he is so incredibly kind-hearted, sometimes to a fault, but It's rare, in my opinion, at least, to find a character this pure in Attack on Titan. Um, And in this moment, he tries to make Gabi feel better by admitting that he unintentionally um, and unknowingly helped Eren when he uh, infiltrated Marley and was sending those letters. And I just like, that's so kind of you. Like, Gabi has not been good to you. I know you're close friends. I know you're in love with her. But here you are trying to make her feel better by admitting something that you were too scared to admit this entire time. Like, he's just, he's such a kind person.
1: And he mentions, like, wanting to take the Armored Titan, um, because I know they were both vying for that position. But he, being the more sacrificial person in that case, because he wanted her to enjoy her life. And I know he mentions he wanted to, like, marry her and settle down, which is probably not going to be the case Um, Now that he has uh, Zeke's spinal fluid in him, uh, (laughs) my question is, like, what does he really see in Gabby? (laughs) I know. Gabby does
0: not deserve Falco. Like, she does not deserve best boy Falco. And she kind of swerved him when he confessed. Like, I like you. And she's like, huh? Why are you telling me this? (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like, I'm sure it'd be a lot to process on top of everything else she's processing. But, Uh man, Gabby does not deserve him. I I feel strongly about that
2: yeah, even when he was delivering uh, messages for a wounded soldier. I mean, he didn't know it was Aaron, but still, what a guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, very nice of him. And oh man, I that takes me back to uh, the the part one scene. Um, same episode that you had mentioned earlier, Brian, when um, Willie Tiber was kind of delivering his his speech and everything And underground, you've got Aaron and Reiner. Talking and Falco realizing, oh, my God, this is Aaron Yeager. What have I done? <laughs> like, poor kid. I just feel so bad for him.
1: <laughs> he only wanted to do good.
0: Yeah. Well, he did good by uh, by me anyway, and he's, he's definitely best boy. And I, I completely understand him wanting to confess to Gabby and be truthful in this moment where he figures he may only have a limited time left if if Zeke decides to scream. Um, but we'll, we'll find that out in the next episode, I guess.
1: Yeah. I wanted to call out, there's so many things of like symbolism in Attack on Titan. And especially in Gabby's case, I think there's a lot of callbacks and symbolism with with her situation and her kind of accepting the truth about the Eldians on Paradise just being decent people. Um, a couple scenes earlier, you see Nile Doc... The commander of the military police um, having a conversation with Falco. And then when Falco sees uh, that who's a colt and Gabby in the distance, Niall realizes that and he decides to bring Falco over to them, um, acknowledging that, you know, he sees these, he sees Falco and Gabby as children and they shouldn't be involved in war. This isn't theirs to fight. I thought that was almost like a callback to what Sasha's father, uh, I think his name is Arthur, Was saying in the restaurant when Nico or Nicola wanted him to um, to execute Gabby basically for for taking Sasha's life Um, just realizing that you know these children they need us a brighter future secured for them and for their posterity Um, one thing that I took as like a, a step towards Gabby's redemption is as Niall is approaching them with Falco like Colt is about to shoot the rifle but then she stops him from shooting it. Oh, yeah. And it reminded me of the moment where she took up a rifle, went up to the airship as uh, the scouts were leaving Marley, and she took the, the, the killing blow, or the fatal shot that killed Sasha. So I think it was almost like her trying to make up for that moment by, by stopping Colt from taking down Nile. Um, yeah, another—there's <laughs> just so much symbolism, especially with them hiding in that—I don't know if it was a shop, and you have all these bird cages around— and wow. when she, when she comes to the realization that Paradis, it, are they're just regular people, there's I remember seeing a shot of one birdcage with its door open, and I think that kind of symbolizes her freeing herself from the propaganda that Marley has instilled in her about these aliens being like like the the devils of Paradis.
0: Interesting, and you also get that imagery. Uh, I think we mentioned this in the last episode um, in the ED. Uh, you get that image of like a bird flying and then it kind of looks like there's a cage that comes up over it. So yeah, this seems to be a continual theme in Attack on
2: Titan. I thought the same thing when I saw the bird cages too. I, I thought that was really cool. I was definitely looking for it more, listening to your guys' previous episodes and realizing there was probably more symbolism than I thought. So <laughs> I had my eye out a little more.
1: And yeah, it just makes me think like this. I think I mentioned this last episode, the emblem of the scouts, it, they're called the Wings of Freedom and it's obviously like two... Inter- intertwined wings. And yeah, I think they're starting to play up like this, this winged theme more and more. Or in maybe the creator season. just
0: really loves birds. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that too. Um,
1: and I guess the last thing I, I caught with uh, Gabby's redemption is after Falco confesses his love for her, she like forcibly removes the black armband from his, his sleeve. And I, ca- I kind of thought that was synonymous with early in the episode, we see Mikasa fold up her scarf, like these, these pieces of fabric kind of symbolizing for these characters, like they're unshackling themselves from these things that sort of hinder their freedom and their independence.
0: Wow, yeah, that all makes Oof. sense. And I, I all wow. that kind of went over my head because there was so Same. much going on on screen. <laughs> that's a really good point.
1: Yeah, you know, like having second watch-throughs of these episodes, it kind of clears their mind um, from like watching it with the initial hype to really analyzing things scene by scene and piece by piece. And as Courtney mentioned, that's something that's really key with Attack on Titan is really digging into every detail, figuring out what it could mean, and it's—I think it's just—it's just so rewarding to to see that so again. As much as I don't like Gabby, I, I kind of have to appreciate how she redeemed herself here. I'll
2: yeah. allow it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I know it's it's tough as like a Gabby hater to finally say like okay or admit you know yeah okay I, she's she's coming around maybe she's not so bad um, but it's it's gonna take a little bit more than this episode to give in to me so I, I am curious to know how things play out in the next episode because I believe at the end we see Colt Gabby and uh, and Falco running toward like Zeke and Aaron's position is that right?
1: Yeah. Because um, they're trying to convince Zeke not to use his power. Since, like, with Falco having the spinal fluid in him, he might use that. Like, that might deter him from, from turning the, the military police and uh, Falco into Titans.
0: Yeah, but does Zeke care enough about Falco to uproot his <laughs> right. entire plan for one kid?
2: That's what I, I don't was know. Thinking.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll have to see. Um, so I do want to chat very briefly about the preview for the next episode as we usually do. But before I do that, um, Brian, anything else about this episode that you wanted to bring up or any questions in general?
2: Well, I know one other thing I wanted to mention uh, was when you guys brought up Zeke and uh, the spinal fluid. And I know in a previous episode, um, I believe this was the missing part here. You guys had mentioned uh, when Aaron was eaten in season one and when Zeke was stuffed inside that one Titan, why didn't those Titans inherit those powers? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. I believe it is solely the spinal fluid that is what uh, what one has to digest in order to get those abilities.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, because they, the most that one Titan that ate Aaron did was chop his arm off. But it seems like his, yeah, his spine had to go untapped then if he survived. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, with Zeke, because Zeke... I think his body was pretty mangled up, but he was decently whole still when the, the Titans stuffed him into, into their gut, right?
2: Yeah. I have oh. to imagine. And and, and again, I, I guess, you know, just being a, a science guy, that's not how you would technically eat things. <laughs> I guess so uh, maybe it was just uh, a protection thing or something along those lines. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I guess another thing I had here was I was surprised that Reiner was going to eat Aaron at the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah, when he started to, like, drop his, his face down to, to, I guess, eat him out of the titan form. Yeah. Sure. Oh, my I think God. I
2: Galliard, too,
1: at, at one point. Well, Galliard's yeah. been trying to do that the whole yeah. time, because I think <laughs> Aaron keeps,
0: like, uh, what do you call it? The, solidifying his, his the nape. nape of his neck, yeah. using that crystal. So Galliard has technically been the only one who could possibly break that but can you imagine if reiner inherited all those titans from aaron that would be wild
2: (laughs) yeah yep um what else do i have here um i'm wondering if zeke is the only thing only one that can throw things (laughs) (laughs) Do Uh, i feel like sure he might have the most accuracy but i feel like aaron could have knocked those uh ships out of the sky if he wanted to
0: (laughs) yeah that's a good point yeah, could
2: have just picked up a house next to him. And just or like one of those it.
0: spikes that he made. He could have just All like right. broken that off and whipped it up sure. in the air really quick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I guess uh, the last thing with the very end of that episode as Aaron wimps closer to Zeke, uh, again, heart's racing the entire time. I cannot wait to see what happens next. And uh, I have a question about that interaction right there. Oh. um, So I guess there's two things that can happen here. They can be... United uh, or reunited or something, they can come together. Or I'm wondering what powers Aaron inherits if at this point he eats Zeke. Oh, does that royal blood transfer? Is mm. is that a is that a possibility? I'm I'm not sure.
0: I want to say no. Like he needs to be born with royal blood. And I'm saying this very slowly because I'm like trying to think through it. Um Like that would be my take is that he because he probably could have tried to eat Zeke a long time ago if that were the case Mm -hmm. Um, or not that he would do this anyway, but he could eat Historia then um, in order to inherit her Royal blood. Although he's been very clear that he doesn't want to get her involved in any of this stuff, which by the way, where's Historia? Is she still pregnant somewhere? (laughs) Still
1: in the countryside (laughs) rocking in her chair, I think.
0: Um, So yeah, that would be my take. My theory is that uh, in ingesting Zeke would not grant him the Royal blood ability. He would still need to find someone with Royal blood.
1: And I think it, Okay. The way I look at it is the founding titan's power as Armin mentioned it lies with Eren and so like Zeke can tell if once they truly interact Zeke can tell him to use the fight, founding titan's power to do this and euthanize the Eldian population but again it's ultimately Eren's decision on how he wants to use that power. So yeah I think he, he like he would still use Zeke as a means to an end but it's not necessarily Zeke's end.
2: Yeah okay, I dig that. Um, I had another question with that. Um, Okay, would with the founding titan, would he be able to? Okay, would he be able to adjust memories, or is that only a royal blood thing? I think the
1: founding titan. I'm I'm trying to recall because I. I remember staying up one night and reading the anime wiki for Attack on Titan. <laughs> I think it has the abilities to alter memories and alter DNA. Because in the first part of the season, with the episodes that focus on Zeke and, um was it Kasavur, the previous uh, wielder of the beast, Titan?
0: Oh my god, how do you remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, the, the stupid nicknames that I come up with in the snubs. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, Kassavra mentioned that the Founding Titan was used to um, make the Eldians immune to a disease. And I remember reading that whoever the Founding Titan, whoever wielded it before Grisha Yeager, um, Aaron's father, stole it from them, um, they would have conversations with Historia. If you remember that, like, she would go to visit Historia and, and hang out or whatever, but she would alter her memory so that Historia would have no recollection of those visits and right. so i
2: mean this is what happened to all the Eldia people like we know the king did this in general to wipe out the memory of an outside world
1: right yeah to
2: make him think that this is the way it has always been so i i didn't know if that was just a power the royal family had or is that a founding titan power that only being in contact with someone with royal blood allowed it to be used
0: I, okay, so I, I'm probably not the best source of this. My understanding, uh, and I'm questioning myself now, is that it's royal blood is the um, the catalyst for that.
2: Yes. because So being in contact with Zeke would allow Aaron to change memories? Mm.
1: Yes, because I know, uh, who was it? King Fritz, he made a vow of renouncing war. And that's why people with the royal bloodline, when they inherit the founding titan, they can't really use that power to make any war decisions
2: <laughs> war decisions to, to go back on the original decision to not go to war for peace i guess right
0: yeah i don't know that's that's another thing i'm gonna need to google uh, later on and probably oh risk boy. a bunch of spoilers that just makes me
1: think like, is Aaron going to exploit that use of the Founding Titan's power—the whole memory thing? Well, I mean, I didn't if, think about that until
2: I was starting to talking to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: and like, if if the Founding Titan has the ability to alter the physical aspects of Eldians, you would think that it could also alter the mental aspects. Like the memory and stuff because that's the whole point right it's like he's gonna use the founding titan power to euthanize the eldian people so they can't bear children anymore like I, I would assume it wouldn't just be one or the other so i don't know maybe maybe he is able to alter memories
1: are they gonna make everyone forget that like
2: eldians are titans
0: yeah and then suddenly <laughs> one of them becomes a titan they're like what's going on
2: <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah if, if anything if there was an opposite effect that he could give everybody the memories of uh how they've been wronged at this point uh but what else could he do with that I don't know I don't know
0: yeah that's a good theory though because I mean the whole the whole reason Marley or what the argument Marley uses um against the Paradis is like all the atrocities from many years back but yeah if Aaron just wipes all of that from everybody's memory well it wouldn't affect Marleyans I guess it would just affect Eldians but oh right uh, I, I guess that kind of debunks my theory. <laughs> I just ruined my own theory as I started making it.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, those were my last uh, couple things that I had uh, as the episode ended there. So thank you for letting me be able to talk that out with you guys.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, I actually have a couple more things with the this episode, um, specifically when Zeke falls um, at the end. Um, I'm surprised that, when Zeke glanced over at Peek's cart or Cart titan carcass, that he immediately thought, oh, she's out of the picture now. Because the same exact thing happened in season three when my guy Levi <laughs> destroyed all the titans that were lined up with him.
0: Oh, Remember yeah. That?
1: I would think that Zeke would immediately think this this is a trap that the cart titan isn't actually dead. Maybe
0: like, that's Zeke's weakness is that he f- he falls into the same patterns or he <laughs> forgets too easily.
1: <laughs> and it, it's just so interesting that it's shot almost the same way as that initial scene. From, from the season. same side of his body too, right? It was right, his yeah, right he's side. glancing over his right side. Um, symbolism there, callbacks. I just love that about Attack on Titan. And I think the second thing I wanted to mention is the symbolism where Zeke falls right in front of the... The hole that aaron sealed in Wall maria um to re- to regain Shiganshina district that's the area that they're in right now um zeke falls right in front of it and i just love the parallel because whereas aaron originally sealed that wall to prevent humanity's extinction which humanity now we know as the eldians i feel like now aaron has to open up like a, a new door with his his blood brother to allow for Eldia's freedom instead of their extinction, however Eren currently interprets it. So
0: yeah, that's a good point. And uh, to expand a little bit on that, like he, he did that to save that area and, and repopulate it. And here it's getting absolutely destroyed. Like it's just, <laughs> it's probably going to be inhabitable for forever <laughs> at this point. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, Well, the last thing, as we always do, like I said, I wanted to go through the preview for the next episode. Um, I'm curious to know both of your thoughts, because the title is Two Brothers, and my mind is like, okay, are they talking about Colt and Falco, or are they talking about Aaron and Zeke? Um, So so any predictions out there or theories out there about what might happen in this next
2: episode? I'll I'll let Carl go first. Um, Yeah, it's
1: so... It's an interesting question, because as... As I've talked about, Attack on Titan is just rife with words and phrases that kind of have these parallels or these double meanings. So, like it's fitting that it could either apply to to Zeke and Aaron or Colton and Falco. And the image previews that that flash by in this episode preview, like they don't tell much. So it, it's even hard to tell there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would hope that it's aaron and zeke like it's directly addressing them but it seems like with colt and falco running over to where these titans are supposed to meet like they could play a significant factor or like sway sway the tides in that sense
2: who we mentioned we talked a little bit before recording here but again i don't i didn't watch any trailers i don't watch the previews for the next episodes or hear what the title is for uh, what's coming up here. So I, this is the first time I'm hearing it.
0: Oh, sorry to spoil it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No worries, no worries. Uh, But uh, after hearing it, I can tell you the only pair I care about are Aaron and Zeke. Yeah, (laughs) that's totally fair. (laughs) And I hope we, uh, we get some resolution to what happens when these two come together.
0: Yeah. And I I think um, I I could see, because of how the show is written, I could see them showing us parallels throughout the episode of of both sets of brothers. But really, what what part has Colt played that has been big enough in this story to give him that kind of shining light? in the next mm. episode. So I feel like maybe Colt will do something interesting, but I can't see the focus being Colt and Falco. It's got to be Aaron and Zeke in the next episode. It, maybe it's just coincidental that they're also brothers. Um, but who knows? Maybe Colt will surprise us, and he'll do something
2: left field. That's true. I mean, uh, the only thing I can think of of any importance with Colt is that he's the Inheritor of the Beast Titan, right? Oh, my right. God. I forgot that. That's right. <laughs> okay, so
0: then maybe, maybe that does play into it, although... In order for him to gain the beast titan from Zeke, he would need to turn into a titan and then eat him. All while Aaron is, so- mm-hmm. yeah, all while uh, Aaron is slowly approaching to that that location. So who knows? Again, attack on Titan continues to surprise us. Maybe we'll get something wild with Colt. Um, but either way, it's it's gonna be a a very very
2: good episode. Yeah, I feel so many
1: outcomes just. Between the four of them. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And can I say, speaking of turning into inheriting a Titan, um, you guys mentioned last episode, of course, we're all still wondering about Levi. Uh, I have, um, fingers (laughs) crossed, he's alive. But if he is, I feel like he has to be out for almost the entire season for a couple months minimum to, to heal. That is, unless he does the instant heal of inheriting a titan oh right
0: yeah like could that be a desperate move on hanja's part to somehow get him into a titan form to save his life because i mean he if he is still alive he's got to be like moments from death i mean he looked very very
1: messed up yeah he would be Mm -hmm. on the injury list for months yeah like (laughs) like
0: on par with armin being fried to a crisp but i
1: think the (laughs) clarification there is whether or not Levi does have true Ackerman blood because I believe Ackermans cannot be affected or like they cannot turn into Titans like Eldians. Wow,
0: you are pulling what? some lore. I forgot yeah. about what? that. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: Why wow. Even remember this?
1: <laughs> yeah, again, I've read that off the the wiki, and I'm pretty sure it was addressed in like a, a really early episode. Yeah. Um. So I think that yeah, that's the key factor there. If, if um. Levi is able to turn into a Titan. Well, that
0: would answer our question on, yeah, whether or not he's actually an Ackerman or if he's adopted into the Ackerman family, but Oh my gosh, that you pulled that one from the dark <laughs> depths of, of the lore.
1: Oh, this show. Wow. Wow. This crazy lore. <laughs>
0: yeah oh my gosh and this has been a, a fantastic conversation um uh, for a really really solid episode um i know we normally do final thoughts and, and ratings carl do you want to do that here too
1: yeah so let's go ahead and just jump into our final thoughts for attack on titan the final season episode 77 sneak attack so how many resting yelena faces out of 10 <laughs> would you give this episode um
0: do you want me to go first or brian do you want to go first
2: uh i'll say I'll go first. I don't mind. Uh, I was going to give it a nine. Uh, Really happy with this episode, with this uh, part two season so far. Uh, Again, it has my heart racing like only attack on Titan can, and it delivered. Uh, I'm I'm very happy. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next. I have so many questions, and I can't wait to see what they throw at us.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is a, a total nine out of 10 episode. I mean, just incredible the this the grand scale of this battle and everything that MAPPA doing on screen is truly incredible while still pushing the lore forward and keeping us on the edge of our seats um, as we watch Aaron just slowly limp towards Zeke not knowing what's going to happen and everybody panicking because they're they're pretty close to touching each other I mean just feeling the intensity and feeling that anxiety as the viewer just means that what they're showing us and what they're trying to tell us is resonating very very strongly
1: and I think I'm going to go with the hat trick here Um, I would also give this a nine out of ten I kind of love that the the second part of the season it really doesn't waste time and cuts right to the chase with reuniting both Aaron and Zeke in this is in this episode although not technically reunited yet because if you think about it most of this episode is just of Aaron walking. <laughs> but even <laughs> with, even with that, like there's just so many smaller moments in between um, that kind of f- feed into this either promotion or there's prevention of the Jaeger brothers' fateful encounter. And you just get a lot of these great character moments from the scouts resolving to help Aaron to I think the biggest one that we can take away is with... Gabby's redemption and so it's not so much action heavy with this episode but like just seeing those little moments I think really stand out um, with this second episode for the for part two and of course I need to know what happened to my guy Levi and it's tearing me apart not (laughs) seeing him in this episode but I'll, I'll forgive the show for still packing quite a lot into this episode and I think Brian, you mentioned this. I don't know if we talked about this um, prior to recording, but you know, with anime, these episode like anime episodes are always twenty minutes. But with Attack on Titan, I feel like every episode feels like it's five minutes, and I kind of miss that feeling. And I, I'm rel- relishing in it right now because I don't think there's any anime out are out right now, maybe Demon Slayer, but like they don't give me that same rush and really mm-hmm. wanting to dive into the next episode so I'm just so excited that Attack on Titan is back and and seeing the conclusion of the story
2: and I think what you said was really cool too that this wasn't an action heavy episode maybe a little bit at the beginning but the intensity was still there I mean uh, as far as action sequences go I think that first fight uh, when Aaron attacks Marley and we see the Warhammer you know for the first time heart was beating out of my chest there that was a 10 out of 10 episode right there <laughs> yeah you know uh that one the other action heavy ones where uh you know aaron and armin are attacking the colossal titan like again 10 out of 10s action heavy this one not being action heavy and still making my heart race is uh i think that really speaks to the strength of the show mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. We are spoiled as anime fans right now with Attack on Titan. Um, and as you mentioned, Carl, Demon Slayer being out literally the same day. comes out Sundays uh, for us here in the States. Um, we, we we are truly blessed at the beginning of 2022. And I'm also <laughs> glad that uh, Attack on Titan is back. And I'm equally glad, Brian, that you were able to join us for this discussion because it has been awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much yes, for, for being you. here with us.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, first off, I love you guys. You guys are so much fun to talk to uh, (laughs) ever since getting to know you guys from uh, guesting with The Office. Uh, Every time I see you guys post somewhere on the socials and being able to interact with you that way, uh, I love being able to talk about this with you guys and uh, just put everything out that's running through my head and uh, just being able to discuss it with people just as excited as I am. Probably more. Um, You know, uh, I, I really... I'm thankful for this opportunity to be on your podcast and uh, talk everything Attack on Titan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, We, we can, I, I just, the energy throughout this discussion has been fantastic because- you are as in the lore as we are. You brought up some really crazy things. Yes. I didn't even realize. Asked some really good <laughs> questions. And yeah, that that just really helps to to get our wheels turning when it comes to Attack on Titan. But before we finish things up, um, please, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and where everyone can listen to TV Trivia Pod.
2: Sure. Uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. First, if you haven't, make sure you go out and rate these guys on Spotify. <laughs> Five stars, right? Is that what Spotify is out of five, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm Brian, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast with a focus on TV and movies. So again, back from the start of the show there, if you enjoy answering questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? Or what does Umbridge have Harry write for detention? Uh, then check it out. Right now I am covering Harry Potter, and next will be the Marvel movies. You can find me on all podcast players or follow me on all the socials at TV Trivia Pod. And there's my spiel. And hopefully, hear these guys again on another episode when I can have you guys back.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. And all the links will be in the show notes. So please go check them out there. Um, and Brian is going to stick around to answer some additional questions for our Patreon bonus episode. So that wraps up this episode
2: and ask some additional questions as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Strictly Anime. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday and when new AOT episodes are released every Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram at thestrictlyseries and on Twitter at strictlyseries and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on the anime we review. You'll also find more info on Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. Sasage-yo.
1: Shinzo wo yo